1: Saturday mornings come around again and it's time for Let's Talk Gardening.
0: And good morning, gardening friends. What a burst of winter we truly have had in the last week since I sat here last Saturday morning. Special guests in the studio with me today, I have the beautiful Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co. And not too bad looking either, Daniel Veraschetti from Coast Road Palms. Mm -hmm. Faye's whooping it up somewhere in Brisbane as we speak. Good on her. Thanks both of you for coming in this morning in lieu of uh, Ms. Acaro. Now we are ready to go, 94841927. Ring in earlier than later. We can give you a lot more time in the first hour than we generally can in the second hour. When you call in, you'll be chatting with Bev Daring and our garden researcher, quizmaster, gardening chef, John Glidden, is always about keeping us in check. And a big shout out to radio superstar Alan Simons, his vibey performance today as always and helping him get his groove on was peter kelly thank you so much boys and wrapping up the breakfast program today was our cycling dj jim krinen okay you two nice to see you both thank you for trekking in
2: thank you thank you very much
0: how's your weeks been Wet,
2: <laughs> yeah. Wet, wet is the best way of putting it on. Um,
0: is Isn't it just been, yeah, wild, huh? Mm.
2: From from minimal amounts of rain to this, it's yeah, getting
0: hailed upon and hailed and, and cold too.
2: Yeah, very cold, cold.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, I think we feel it because we're not used to it, and it just, yeah. it, we're such extremes, and it just came in so hard and so suddenly. It really. We, has. we don't get to acclimatise, <laughs> no. do we? No. And I was out walking the dog one morning, and I thought it was clear. I thought I had a break, a window, and well, down she came and we, I got hailed on and the dog got hailed on and we are huddled under a tree and she was just like can we go home now yeah, yeah. and uh yeah it was just it was there was no there was no good times in, you know, for gardening or anything, very, very difficult. It's definitely been
2: a hard week. So we must talk
0: about, uh, Faye did uh, highlight that we must talk about drainage in our garden, in our pots, things that have been absolutely sodded in the last week and what we need to look at with regard to drainage, because I was thinking about it yesterday and so many pots, well, when you buy a pot, it generally has just the one hole in it.
3: It sure
2: does. We need
0: to add more holes.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Holes, um roots that could have blocked off drainage holes over yeah. the winter time, that's this a happens. very good one to check for right now. Yeah. Um, if the oil pots turn into a pool, well, you've yeah, got it a happens. problem. Oh, yes, it happens. Yeah. It
0: absolutely happens. Yeah. I know. Definitely. So this morning we're talking obviously about, with Linda, potting mixes and green manure for soil fertility. And what's going happening through winter in the veggie patch and I know Faye's written down that she would like us to talk about heliconias in Perth this morning and cold tolerant or hardy tropical look plants for a resort feel. Is that the time to be talking about them now? <laughs>
2: well, you know, we've, we've got to still talk about the cold options anyway because we do want to still feel like we're in the tropics when we're not. Yeah, most
0: definitely. Now, it's been a big few months. We've had the Perth Garden Festival and yeah. last weekend we had the Kalamunda yeah. Garden Festival as well. So yeah. we've had a few events happening and that will continue on now with lots of open gardens going forward yeah. uh, for the next few months, the remainder of the year. How have you guys found it all? Um, I know, it's a heck of a lot of work.
4: It's I know been that. a lot of
2: work. Your I know that. Setting up Perth Garden Festival is just an epic it job is. of the yeah to get all the plants detailed, ready to go, get them down there, run it, and then yeah. bring it all back and put it away. It's a big yeah. It's a big task. Do you um, get take
0: get extra people on board with you?
2: No, nah, we just run on our Do small, it yourself. small crew, yeah, yeah. Obviously, um our families and wives and all that all pitch in a fair bit to help us, you know, get over that extra bit of staffing we need. Um, but yeah, it is full on to get everything ready and looking good and labelled and signed and everything. Ready is a big, epic, epic job. Epic job, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's worth. It's rewarding when you can stand back at it and look at it all and talk to the people. Um, it's, it is rewarding. And Kalaman is still a good task to get everything ready for that. But it's a little bit shorter. But yeah, the event itself is very good. Yeah, it's, like it's very very good. Nice yeah. setting and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, so well, I park. must say when I was up there um, on Sunday, firstly, how lucky were they with the weather? Had it been Monday, it would have been a disaster. We, yeah. were,
2: Still, we were super lucky. We even so managed funny. to pack up without yep. getting wet, which was amazing. Yeah. Because the traditional calamander is to belt down with rain. Actually, even Perth Festival tends to do that right on that last Sunday. Yes. You'd know oh. yourself. Yeah. It yeah, just seems it to hit four o'clock and then you just get belted when you try and load the trucks try and get out of there and then, Trying to get off the grass is always good fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, happy days. Yeah, we do get a bit lucky with the events. Hopefully it keeps going that way. Yeah, and get, yeah.
0: I must say up at Kalamunda Garden Festival, the quality of presenters talking was outstanding. They were. It yeah. was. It was yeah. extremely good. And I managed to listen to a few chats, and I get lured by the retail aspect, which is very uh, shameful of me. I... I should and I next time will be just trying to, you know, I need to be my... Person needs to be taken off me and things I like that. I do know you
2: said try, so yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> why.
0: I need to spend more time <laughs> listening to the chats because where do you go? You can't get better than that calibre that we had. You cannot get better. Yeah, you've got... what we had access to, yeah. Yeah, you it's do a have a
2: lot of... Very
4: good, good mix of both local gardening experts yeah. and, of course, they bring over the... Uh, the, the gardening Australia yeah. presenters and, as well. And they were very, very good in that they... Well, the two that were on our stage were... were mm didn't they said look we can't give specific local knowledge because we're not from here which is fabulous yeah but they did give much more big picture and holistic gardening advice generally and they were great and then then the local experts are right there with you know the the very hands-on kind of information yeah yeah Yeah, with their
0: angle as well so yeah no I think it was uh, absolutely amazing and I look forward to the spring event and will you guys be at that
2: Definitely. At, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, at this point, I'm I'm going. So <laughs> I've got my name down. So I'm going. I know it's and, hard work, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. It's we'll,
0: that touch and feel too that you have the opportunity to meet new people and it is. And, and business and I, comes from that.
2: Kalimundu is sort of my stomping ground these days, where I live. Like Is that, that where that, you around, live? Not in Kalamunda, but around that way. So oh, my God, my I love Kalamunda. Yeah. I love
0: that community feel there. Yeah. I love it up there. So I'm passionate about mm. that,
2: that area as well. So it's uh, good to do a good event up there. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah no, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, part of the world. 948419277. Happy to take your calls on whatever you want to talk about this morning. How's everyone survived this last week? I know I didn't personally spend... A great deal of time in my garden. Things just had to survive on their own, and uh, yeah, they. It's a bit of a. If they're tough enough to survive, if they haven't, oh, that's that's just yeah, the rule of life. I think in it my is, yard,
2: even for plants in general, it, it, they have to be tough enough. Yeah, if not, there's no point. Molly
0: coddling things. But there we, isn't
2: even in the nursery. There's no point. You need to just have hardy stuff that can carry through. That's mm. the most important. Well, if it
4: won't have. survive in a nursery, how's it, it going ain't to survive, survive at home? Exactly. There's no way. Yeah.
2: And then, yeah, try to. We try to avoid deciduous type varieties for this reason because it is a bit of a downer having them down all season. Then you know, and then have a short warmer period. Mm. But yeah, definitely, if it if it can't hold up through the first winter in the outside, then it's almost not worth having. Yeah, yeah. 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 And
0: what's trending right now at Coast Road Palms or in general? Because I know you watch the socials a bit and you keep up with what people are looking for, what people want, whether that's realistic or not.
2: It's definitely um, changed a bit. The indoor seems to be a lot slower than what it has been and all that. I don't know really what's trending at the moment. It's like the nursery itself, I'd say, is a bit of an all-rounder at the moment. Yeah, I think I need a bit of everything at the moment. Yeah, Yeah. what people are looking for. Yeah, like Mm. one week something will sell or another week something else will sell it's it's getting it is hard to call I've just put it out there it is hard to call what's on trend at the moment okay yeah, and we've you know probably what's new I guess we've put out the shampoo ginger and all that in the last
0: you showed six me that months. on. Sat On yeah. Sunday, that's yeah. an interesting plant, Yeah, the shampoo ginger. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about it?
2: Well, the shampoo ginger went viral about <laughs> a year ago on, on a, right. the Facebook pages. A lot of people would have seen it. It's where they squeeze the beehive flower and they get a substance out. which And you wash your hair with it. You wash your hair with it. And, you, and, and what does it I'm do? I'm sure a lot of people have seen it online. It's it's quite, yeah, It's they use it like as a shampoo pretty much. It's got other properties as well, like medicinal purposes and stuff like that. The main thing that made it popular was the whole, you know, the whole shower, washing your hair with it. That was the main thing. But it does grow good in Perth, which is surprisingly, like we've had this sitting on our back, like on the back burner for years and years and years, just as a trial run. And it's always been good. And it's always been good to us, but we just never could get it to commercial numbers, which we finally have got it to now, where we've got it to be released because we only start with a few plants. 10 and do people
0: specifically want it because of its properties or because it's a nice looking plant? What, the, plant
2: the plant itself is not much different looking to any of the other Gin, beehives, yeah, like yeah. in the beehive family. Like yeah. if you, To be honest with you, the orange beehive plant is a bigger plant. It, the flowers are bigger. Everything's bigger about it. So, But you don't get the shampoo. Side <laughs> of it. So so that's the main thing. Most people want to get it for the flowers and stuff like that. But you obviously got yeah. to grow the plant out the flowers like into a decent size pot. I
0: was saying to you on Sunday, on the socials I've seen that ginger is supposed to be very good for stimulating hair growth. That's into... right, yeah. And yeah, I think this has
2: got a link to, to that, that video. Yeah, I think that's where it's all come about from. I think they're they're trying to roll with it. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely ginger shampoos out there now. I've been noticing. Okay. Yeah. All right,
0: and then we've got some emails to do, but we'll go straight out to the lines. We're visiting Maylands. Ellen, good morning.
5: Oh, good morning everybody. A um, couple of very quick questions, please. I have a very large organic garden at the back of the block of the units that I live in, and all the vegetables, the winter vegetables, are just going gangbusters, and myself and my neighbours are thoroughly enjoying eating them. But yesterday I noticed there were little holes in the radishes, and I saw slater. So I thought, how do I get rid of the slaters? Uh, and the second thing is, I'm growing cabbages for the first time, and they're looking beautiful but they're great, big, broad, kind of paddly leaves. There's no sort of ball appearing in the middle. Is that normal?
4: Yes, patience, grasshopper, is the answer with that. Oh, no, (laughs) okay. They will take... Patience. Absolutely, they will take their time to ball up. Uh, It's usually later in the season. And some varieties uh, head quicker than others. Uh, red ones seem to be slower than some of the green varieties and I think some of the more hybridised cabbages will form heads a bit quicker. So it does right. depend on the variety, but seriously, it's just time and patience. So keep talking to them with lots of love and they will okay, head up. There. I can do that.
5: That's, <laughs> that's fine. And the slaters that I found, what do I do about those?
4: Well, you can make some traps uh, out of... One of the, the good things for slaters is strangely enough, like yoghurt or cream, they seem to like dairy when it's gone... On the turn. So if you can get some second hand like plastic containers and just put a dollop of cream or natural yogurt or something and submerge them into the ground so the top of the containers is at ground level the slaters will find them and um, Mm. they, especially when it's gone a bit off, (laughs) for some reason you'll come out in the morning and they'll be there like slaters will like wet decomposing material so there are other things you can do like uh, throw down um, potato peelings on a piece of paper or cardboard and just leave them in a pile overnight. And in the morning you'll find that those slaters will accumulate under there. So again, you can scrape all those up and, and get rid of them. So uh, upturned half orange peels is another common one because they like to get under something that is moist and dark. So uh, anything like that will help. Um, and, and that's probably the best way to control them organically if you find they're in plague proportions, the other thing that does work on them are the iron-based compound pellets that are sold for snails and slugs, but they will also work on slaters.
5: Iron-based. Okay, yes. I'll write that down when I get off the phone. Yep. And if I use something like an eco pest oil, does that, is my garden still technically organic if I do that, or is, am I wasting my time?
4: Oh, It's technically organic, yeah, because you're using uh, not not a poisonous substance. But the problem is that any treatment that you use can potentially have an effect on any beneficial insects and on soil biology and things as well. So so it's generally last resort. And if you can observe and just manage things. And and sometimes it's putting up with a few pests for a couple of weeks until the beneficials find them and start moving in.
5: I do that all the time. I never put anything down, and I love it when I see all the ladybirds there yes. at certain times of the year and make friends with a few of the grasshoppers. So I try to keep away from anything on them. Beautiful. Okay. Well, that's terrific. Thank you very much indeed.
4: Good on. Thank you.
5: Okay.
0: Cheers, Thank Alan. Have a great day. Cheers.
5: Yes, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: And now we're going to head to Kundula. We're in... Hi, Kay. How are you going? Oh, good, thanks, Faye. How's yourself? We're good. You're with uh, Ray, Linda and Daniel this morning. Oh, Ray,
6: is it? Sorry. That's all right. Um, I've I've been away in Canada for the last month and I got back um, a fortnight ago and my aloe vera sunshine has got this great big long stem growing out of the middle. Mm. It looks like it's going to flower. Do they flower?
2: Yeah, definitely this time of year, aloe season pretty much so all your aloes so,
6: it. no it's an inside plant but i've had yeah. them for a couple of years and yeah this is the first time it's got this long stem in the back got about 10 little bud things on them so so they do flower
2: they definitely flower yeah and it sounds like i'm not sure if you've got aloe vera or a different type of aloe but oh
6: is aloe sunshine yeah
2: sunshine so it's a different type of aloe so that's all right that that they will all be coming to flower now for sure or mine at home okay. now, the first
6: time it's done it what flower what color would the flower be do you know
2: I suppose it depends what sunshine is. I think sunshine would be an orange going by the name, trade name. Okay. Yeah, we'll just Brilliant. have to wait and see. And
6: when something. the flower dies, I cut the stem right yep. back to the centre again, do I? Yep,
2: yeah, yeah. It'll literally Ooh. try to fall apart anyway, so you can just cut it Yeah, that's
6: off. right. I was so surprised when I come back and saw this long stem sticking out of my pocket. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. And, and it hadn't had water for three and a half weeks, so <laughs> Wow, there you go. Loves it. Yeah, but it loves the kitchen window Alright Lynn, thank you very much I to know. Thank you great. Kay Bye. Yes. Bye.
0: Bye It is a great spot, the kitchen window I can vouch for that Okay, having a short break when we return We're chatting with Lynn and Terry Stay with us
3: Kretchen Radio
0: 23 minutes after 8, you are listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Special guests in the studio with me this morning, Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co. and Daniel Verschetti from Coast Road Palms. Straight back out to the lines, we're visiting Craigie Terry. Good morning.
1: Hello, people. How are you?
0: We're well. Good. Thank
1: you. Okay. I've got a quick question, and it's just basically a general... Uh, it's about pruning. After flowering, it's recommended you prune, you know, to keep the shape and to... Amass more flowers. Do you only do it once in between flowering or do you, can you prune back a couple of times? I have some mini diasmas, some dwarf diasmas at the back, daisies at the front, and their daisies are quite big. and I was wondering if if I'm not pruning them enough or can I do it more than once to keep that shape? What's the go?
4: You can certainly prune more than once, but it will affect the flowers that you're going to get, which is the that's general rule about. that once you've finished flowering, that's when you prune, but to give the plants enough time to regenerate and pump out more flowers. But if it's the size and the shape, if it's sort of something you're trying to keep a more formal edge or shape to, you can certainly do it more often, but it will affect flowering. so
1: That's what I was wondering. Just so It's just the once, really, but yeah, okay. That's all I need to know. Thank you very much.
4: Welcome. Thanks, Terry.
0: Good on you. Mm, Cheers. And we're heading to Bentley, which is where we all are. Lynn, good morning. Well, good morning, everyone. We're very
7: waterlogged here. Yes. Everything's very, very wet. Yes, indeed, and And more to come. Mm. And I love my camellias, and I've got special ones in pots, and I just sit them in the garden because I don't have a lot of room, Mm. and I thought if we ever move, I don't want to ever dig them up. Mm-hmm. So they are absolutely waterlogged. Do I take them, the pots, and give them a little bit of a reprieve and put them under the patio while all this rains on, or just let them do naturally?
2: Well, I think if the water's flowing through, I think you should be fairly safe. But if the water's starting to pull up, like we we're saying, well then definitely either got tip them out, and then if not, you're definitely get them out the rain. If the if the water if if the soil's really submerged, you really don't want them to keep going that way. So if you do oh build, no
7: no, they're all flowing. That no, everything's fine, but they're yeah. just very very wet. That's all.
2: I think you'll be okay. It's sometimes moving around plants in this cold weather is not ideal either. So just keep an eye on them. They'll they'll tell you pretty quick if they're not happy. So I would just keep an they're eye. on them. They're all buds. Yeah, if they're They've all full of buds, if they're all full them. of bud and you don't see any, like weird bacterial spots or anything like that on them, I would pretty much leave them alone because I think sometimes just moving things, position's not always the best sure thing can. either. Yeah. yeah.
4: Are they sitting directly in in contact with the ground or do you have them raised up on pot feet?
7: Uh, They're complete with the ground. They're just sitting and they're all butted up and everything but you look at them and they're very, very wet and you sort of think, should you rescue them and just give them a break from the water?
4: What I would do, I guess it is does depend a bit on the size of the plants if they're extra large and extra heavy, but I'd probably just wiggle the pot around because what can happen when you're sitting pots directly on the ground is that the roots can grow through the drainage mm. holes because they'll always try and chase yes. down. And if that is the case, mm. you might have your drainage holes at least partially blocked. So if there's any way you can get some help and say tilt up the pot and make sure that firstly, it's not attached itself to the ground but it might give you the opportunity depending where the drainage holes are. If you've got some that are sort of on the edges of the pot you can just double check that they're not blocked and you can mm-hmm. possibly poke something into them um, a bit of dowel or something yes, like screwdriver. that. Yes yeah, screwdriver yep. and just make sure that it is flowing because that'll tell you pretty quickly yeah. if it's clogged up. Mm. Yep.
7: Yeah they're just medium sized pots are very easy to move and thank you for that and one other question. I've got a sunshine special that's looking very ragged right now and it's got green passion fruit on. What do I do? Do I just let it go? Do I trim it back? Um, It's not not unsightly or anything but it's just yellow and it's green and it's cold and just wondering what I should do.
4: Well it isn't uncommon for them to have a winter fruiting. Uh, They often do fruit around June, July. Mm. Mine have got fruit on them as well but they don't love the cold so they're not going to look great. You could strip the fruit, but personally I'd I'd leave them on and then it's time to prune them after that fruiting session. So traditionally around September, early spring, cut your passion fruit back by a third, give them a good feed and as the weather starts to warm up, they'll wake up and put on lots of new growth and then start flowering again for your summer crop.
7: Oh, lovely. Thanks for that. Well, have a great day. Thank you for your advice. Good luck with it, Lynn. Take care. Cheers. See you, dear.
0: Bye. <laughs> and we do have free lines 94841927. We've got a couple of emails. I was going to ask you guys if we could crack through a couple while we've got a moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, we just got this one in from uh, Pamela in Morley. Hmm. And, and she asked, she said she hadn't been out the back for the entire week because of the rain. Yeah. But to a nice surprise, she had a clivia in, in flower. And she's saying, why is it in flower this mm-hmm. time of year? Mm-hmm. The only thing I can assume is that because the weather's been so sporadic, it mm. probably just thought we had an autumn, spring coming a bit early maybe. Mm. It, the weather has been a bit odd. Yeah. Um, I would just embrace and it. And
0: things spot flower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things spot flower. It, 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 yeah. You probably
2: won't get a heavy flowering. It'll probably just be like a random flowering. Yeah. But I'd say that's all it is. This is just a random event just because the weather being so... Out of whack, it, so yeah, but yeah. we're definitely in winter mode now. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, we've slid into that in the last yeah, week. <laughs> we definitely have moved into that now. So now they have you to deal all with perf. that. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: think it, it was quite warm. We had no winter, um, no summer rain at all. Really, and nothing. It, it was, nothing. So
0: well, yeah. May was dreadful.
2: Yeah, even mm. even didn't get that random January burst or anything at mm. all. We got mm. very nothing. dry
0: for about four months. Extremely yeah, dry. Very,
2: very dry. And I know mm. even like my paddock and that has been very slow to come up and all that this year compared yeah. to normal. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been a different year. Yeah, for sure. It's I good to have the tanks f- filling up now, but yes. that's a good thing. Good feeling.
4: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got an email from Josephine in the Kelmscott Hills, and she has got a new puppy, so I'm sure she's got lots of fun going on in her house right now. Mm. But she's asking for some advice about toxic plants. Yeah. Um, in my self-plug here, in the Green Life newsletter for uh, June... I just did an article on toxic plants for pets. So if you go to our website, go to the newsletter tab and click on the top one, you can read that. But she's specifically asking about lipia. Mm. Now, from all of our research, we don't believe there's recorded toxicity of lipia. So I think you're fine. Um, Thankfully, most animals are pretty smart with with things, although some are more chewing than others, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. uh, so Lipia tends to be uh, a lawn substitute. Uh, Daniel was saying he 's had one that 's had really good success. The biggest complaint people have is obviously the flowers attract lots of bees, so if you have uh, an, a pet then that, that can could be, be problematic problem. yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah, yeah I can I can vouch for that. My dog is um, highly sensitive and allergic to bees and ha- goes into full anaphylactic. Ooh. Yeah. With a bee sting, so so, so
2: Lipia wouldn't be for you then. For sure. <laughs> and, uh,
0: it's it's hard when you're a gardener, yeah, and you have a dog allergic to bees. Yeah, and I've seen hard. her chase them. Yeah, you know. Gosh. Yeah, it's like oh god, my heart. Yeah, so it's it's yeah, but you've got to be so careful with pets and plants and you do yeah. But as you say, most most have common sense. Uh I think but I, puppies is a bit different yeah, because right. they're exploring yeah. and experimenting, and they will. I remember when Ella was a pup, she'd just grab it a flower and pull it off just yeah. because, or she th- thought the plant was. Like there was a stick there, you know, she put a teeth straight through that, it.
2: That puppy stage is always yeah. trouble. You've Really got to be on them. <laughs> the old, yeah, it the, the is old, trouble. The old dogs are always mm. pretty all right. Or if yeah. they had a whack or something, they they tend to learn. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> even growing up, even with the nursery bus, the amount of look if you start looking to toxic plants. There's so many. There's, that's, there's it's so it, many, and I a lot agree. of people come in asking about this and that and the other. But I, then I say, what do you already have? And then they already will have like a list of toxic plants sitting there anyway. Mm. So it's it's hard to work out. You know your pet, so you know what they will do most of the time
0: and a lot of them when they're pups it's different but they pups do are different. i can say that my girl she's just turned three and she's grown out of a lot of stuff yeah, yeah. and you
2: would have all sorts of plants at home that, i sure that would do have levels of yeah yeah absolutely well. so it's it's a tricky one because very
0: tricky i was very worried for a long time yeah, yeah. even with
2: the house plants of people with like inside cats that's, that's a common question we get as well is yep. this toxic to cats and i'm yep. like well what do you already have most mm. of the time they've already got A Good chunk of the toxic plants sitting there, yeah. yeah, So, I'm like, it's up to you. Then it probably is toxic, you know. Mm. Anything with a sap in it, you can almost just assume is toxic. That's the way I normally Mm. read it. Yeah, it's got a sap, then yeah. Like when we do daycare centers and stuff, people would mainly just put palms in because it's fairly safe, you know. Children, it's the berries on the palms that's a problem. The palms are not going to get fruit inside a Mm. daycare, childcare Mm. center. Mm. So, normally you run a lot of palms and stuff like that to get around that Mm -hmm. problem. So, yeah. All
0: right. And this morning we will be giving away uh two seventy-five gift vouchers. Now one is actually from uh Linda Michener, Green Life Soil Co. <laughs> we'll be doing that uh very soon. And as we as Linda was saying, I do talk about it each week. Linda has a fabulous newsletter uh on her website. All you have to do is go to greenlifesoil.com.au dot com dot AU and uh it's free. Download it or join up, become a member, and that's going to be in your inbox each month. And it's just full of fantastic information. I love it. And I do promote that to the listeners each week. Everyone should be receiving Linda's newsletter. All right, let's go to Waikiki. Jan, good morning. Hello, ladies. Um, Look, I've just planted
8: some bowls. Um, I've got this great big container, my cousin sells them and um, they're a sort of a, a plastic bed about a um, metre and a half long and they have a white dome lid over them. Do you know, are you familiar with them?
4: I think so, yep. yeah.
8: Anyway, I live on the ward, on the beach and so we've got salt air plus torrential winds. So I put my, I've got all these bulbs, you know, new season bulbs, and I put them in there and I'm just wondering, could, should I keep the, the lid down outside um, all the time or is that going to be damaging to the growth of the bulbs?
4: So the lid is a mesh. Is it like a netting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's a, it's a big dome. Yeah, I, I know the kind, of, the kind of thing that yeah. you mean. It's like an insect covering. It's about equivalent to a 20% shade cloth. So it is going to impact the light that comes through. The plants are still going to grow under there, but they'll just be slower.
8: Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a very reluctant to take it off, simply because where we live, um, you know, that torrential rain and everything we had the other day, would have washed them out of the thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, what, what, what would you do? Would you keep the dome down all the time, or...?
4: Well, oh, look, once the, the bulbs are up and they're growing well, and particularly uh, as they, they're maturing towards flowering, I'd probably be inclined to take it off. They'll cope. But I, I assume it's one of the ones that clips on and off. So it might be something you can yeah, yeah. monitor. And if it is going to be a few days of torrential rain, the cover is going to offer some protection. So if you can be bothered to sort of just monitor the weather, you can pop it on when you need to. Yeah. But I'd probably keep it on until the bulbs are, say, you know, maybe a third grown um, in size and they're maturing and and sort of well-established. And then, I mean, they they will cope very well in a normal garden bed. So providing they're not going to be waterlogged, um, most of those uh, container-type garden situations do have an overflow, so just make sure that that isn't blocked and they're not sitting in water. But they, they will cope with the colder conditions. I mean, a lot of bulbs need the chill anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
8: All right, I, I have had them in the garden before, but I thought I'd try them in, in this simply because of you know our weather conditions, the salt. Mm. I, I don't know, you know. Um, anyway, thanks for your help, ladies. You do a wonderful show. I drive down to Mandra every uh, Saturday morning, listening to you all the
0: way down there. <laughs> Glad we can keep you company, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, all ladies. Right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Cheers for that. All right, can I get another email? Answered, if that's okay, guys. Yep, we We're looking at a boab. A Is that boab. the one? Mm. Yeah, it
2: says, hello, Faye and Ray. Can you please, <laughs> can you tell me what's happened to this little boab tree? I have two and the other's perfectly okay so far. I've separated them and put one into quarantine. Thanks a bunch. Regards, Bev in 2J. So we've had a look at it. The photos are a bit hard to tell, but it looks like it's definitely, you've done the right thing quarantining it from the other one, 100%. Yeah. That would be the best thing you could do. It definitely looks like a, it could be like a mildew or a scale type thing. Or both. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks like a bit of a mixed bag cause it's hard to tell. Either way, it doesn't look like it's the best thing. The good news is that it'll probably go deciduous soon anyway, especially in 2J if it hasn't already with the cold starting to come in. Mm. So a lot of the leaves will drop off. I'd say dispose of the leaves appropriately and keep it away from there. Um, other than that there's not really too much you can do keep an eye on it in the spring it may be in lower light because the attack is on top of the leaves so normally like scales that were normally hide under the leaves in the more protected spots this is all on top so maybe you do have in too much of a shady position and it has just let this thrive to the point where it is actually a big problem now um but yeah so,
0: so there's no point treating it because the leaves are going to fall I anyway think the leaves mm. are going to drop soon anyway mm. so i
2: think most of the um, affected material will, will be gone, and then once spring comes, I'd have it. I think it's in too low a light myself, personally. Yeah, I think that's what's why it has taken off on that plant and move it into somewhere with a bit more light. Because you
0: have uh, to think about where the boabs, originate you know, there thrive. There are some sun mm.
2: plant that's up north, so this mm. more than likely, I'd assume, in that looking like that would be on a patio or something like that. Yeah. So maybe it is just too too dark, and then like most. Pests like they love that patio indoor environment, no, poor circulation, it. and all that lower light. Yeah. Pests love it. So, a lot of pests that normally float under the leaves in the sun, when they're on top, you know that that's you know it's definitely part of the issue.
0: And what's your experience with boabs? You're saying, well, we do that? grow
2: them, and I do, yeah. I do, I do have some up the farm, ah. up at the upper farm, and stuff. They will dump their leaves now, like no tomorrow. So, I'm yeah. surprised this has got still got some leaves on it. Yeah, most of mine are dump their leaves already already yeah and obviously getting wet in that they don't yeah. like this wet and cold of so having not. it under the roof is definitely needs to stay on the roof now it's winter time especially mm. in 2j and you want to keep out the frost obviously mm. so yeah that's the biggest enemy of them now this time of year but yeah to keep it on the dry side over the winter then once it warms up into more sun and out again
3: okay yeah.
0: all right thank you okay 94841927 we shall return you're Chintu Let's Talk Gardening Busy morning, straight back out to the lines We're in High Wycombe Sandy, good morning
7: oh, Good morning, um, it's Sandy here from High Wycombe I'm yes. um, just inquiring, I've got a passion fruit And it has a lot of fruit, green fruit on it Some of it just developed and some are a little bit bigger But they're all falling off Can you tell me what I can feed it with please Or what I can do?
4: Well, probably not a lot. Uh, going into winter time, the the sudden sort of cold and the wet, it's not their ideal growing conditions. So um, you could give it a, a lot. I mean, the trouble is too that at this time of year the soil is so sodden, so normally I'd recommend giving it a good dose of a, a kelp, seaweed or fish or something like that, <laughs> but you don't do it before it's going to rain too much. Unfortunately, um, passion fruit are a little bit self thinning in that like a lot of fruiting trees, they will figure out what they think they can carry to maturity. And if they're stressed for whatever reason, they will drop their fruit. Uh, as a survival mechanism. And oftentimes there's not a lot you can do about it. Um, As I said to the other lady before with regards to passion fruit, I would just let it do its own thing pretty much. You should get some fruit off it. And then come springtime when it is more you know, emerging from the cold and things like that, give it a feed when it's putting on its new growth. So you could you could give it a light feed of something. Now, um, they are shallow-rooted, don't like a lot of root competition, so keep the area weeded so it's not competing for any nutrients and things in the soil with weeds and things around it. Uh, I don't really have any other tips. Sorry, but that's, no. yeah. What uh, fertilised you,
7: would you put on now if you putting
4: it on? Uh, Look, being an organic gardener, I I like a good quality compost. But as I said, a liquid feed with a kelp or a fish will give it a quick boost because the liquids are usually taken up very quickly, whereas your your organic material uh, or your granular fertilizers are slower so if the plant is suffering some stress now you do want it to respond as quickly as possible so if we're going to have a few sunny days and the soil gets to dry out a little bit I'd give it a good liquid um and yeah just you you could potentially throw some good compost around it like a bit like a mulch at this time of year which is not something I'd normally recommend uh, because you don't want the mulch to dry out. But um, in the winter time, the compost just sort of, as a good layer, yeah, would work. Yep.
7: All right, then. Well,
4: thank you very much for
0: helping. help. You have a lovely day. Thanks, Sandy. Cheers. Okay. Thanks. And we're heading to Quinana. Hi, Dolores. How are you? Okay, thanks. Good, good. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I have this point there in a pot and... Uh, but I was wondering whether they, I should put it in the ground now or is it too cold? Mm.
9: <laughs> I would have thought
2: too cold. cold. I'd say too cold for points out. It's definitely mm. a tropical, yeah, tropical tree. Yeah, I, I would. would it'd be a spring job, should I'd I, say. Yeah. You want to maximise right. root growth before the winter time.
1: Should I put it up in the shelter then? <clears throat> because it's going to be pretty cold, there. Those
2: leaves are very. Yeah, Quinana is a cold known for frost and stuff like that so it is a bit yeah. of a, you do want to keep it out of if you know you get frost or ice on your property you want to keep try to keep it out of that um, yeah do, you know have you, have you seen ice and stuff around your property previous years
1: um a lot of frost and stuff yeah you
2: know, so yeah. you want to keep it more protected then if you if you're knowing that definitely wouldn't plant it in that in that time frame it, you'd plant it as soon as the last of the frost are finished you'd try to get in the ground asAP then and then that will give you yeah. the longest amount of time for root growth and growth before the next winter
1: okay then i'll just put it up in the shelter
2: yeah that's what i'll be with it now yeah for sure all right thank you no worries
0: all right good luck thanks dolores yeah tropical trees at this time of the year
2: yeah so obviously some like plants are hardier than others you can still Mm. plant some obviously people from the hills are like Planting like mad now more than anything because obviously you can finally dig a hole in your <laughs> heavy clay. Yeah, that's so true. so that's like funny. like us this time of year becomes like a you get a lot more hills. People obviously planting now than obviously the people in the flats. Um, yeah, like I say, even my own property is the same problem. Like it's yeah. rock hard, and then mm. you finally start digging holes and work the soil out and sort it all out. When the excavator went digging in the summer because you have had no rain, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, that's a problem. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you can definitely can plant like and there's if you wanna plant out now like there's a lot of hardier palms and stuff like that They can definitely plant, you know, that are frost tolerant and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, obviously planting out things like heliconias and stuff now is, is a bit more dicey, but you just gotta weigh it up. Um, if you can put up with the battering and stuff, most of them will be okay, but they will get knocked around, that's knocked for around. sure. Yeah. Most things you put in now get knocked around. So a lot of people go, Oh, wait till spring, but then you wait to spring and then trying to get stock is always an issue and and just trying to find so, do you generally.
0: recommend people buying heliconias now and then just waiting, or how you can do that? It just depend where it
2: depends where you're located, uh-huh. you know, and then okay. and depends on if you can put up with a bit of the nonsense that goes on through the winter time. I think that's more of a writing that out, yeah, because at the, buying the plants now, you're getting the most developed ones you can for the whole season because they've had the whole season to grow. You wait till spring, then you'll be getting fresh fresh stock from you know December. Hmm. So, it, every time year's got its Pros and cons. Cons, yeah. yeah. Give us
0: some examples of hardy tropical plants.
2: Well, the, most of the palms are probably okay. the best way. And All obviously, right. if you've got an established garden with bigger palms and stuff in it and you want to try and plant underneath, well, that's fine because you've got more protection and frost protection and stuff like that. But as you get towards the coast, you get less frost. So obviously, other things will do well. But like hardy tropicals, well, depends on space as well. Yeah, so that, that's the that's the key. You got to know how much room you've got to work position. with. Position, mm. yeah, and position and sunlight and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, some of it can be extremely hardy if it's in the shade, but mm. you know, some of it needs you know shade. Some of it needs sun. It's just yeah. it's more about picking the right plants for the right position. and
0: that's what you guys assist that's what we try with. that's when the main thing we come to, do. to your yeah. nursery the,
2: that's why we just really push for people to bring photos and stuff ah. in photos are the key King. to everything yeah yeah and even if you go oh that palm in the corner is really sick i don't want to show you that i want to see that because that yeah. will to- pick up soil deficiency issues and all you that can help of, people that can help us out a lot more because we can actually see what is going on you know mm. and it's not a bad thing to even case out what your neighbors are. Especially if you're in older areas, mm. case out what type of plants are actually doing well in those areas. because yeah. you can tell pretty quick with alkalinity issues and stuff like that. Especially with established palms, that the older ones can tell the story a lot better because the roots are down a lot lower than, than your mate who just put it in a year ago and done all the top sort work. You know, mm. so we can tell with that as well. Yeah. So as far as hardiness goes, well, you know, if you're on the coast, you'll have a different palette to someone who's losing in Kalamunda. So mm. you'll have a different palette depending yeah, on where you it's are. It's not
0: a one size fits all. It's, it's
2: not. It really isn't. Especially like I said, a coastal planting in Perth is so much different to yeah, a curiously. to a yeah. inland planting. It's just yeah. yeah, it is we can get the same results mm. but using different different plants, you know. Mm. Yeah. And then you know, like things like for example, Kenneth is pretty they're hopeless popular. popular, but they're pretty hopeless as you get to the real hot areas. Or yeah. they will eventually come good, but you've got to put up with a lot of messing around. But once you're on the coast, they hold their own. As long as you don't have a year like we had the other year where everything was over 40 degrees, yeah. I think every single Kennedy and Perth up and down the coast got burnt. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you were, and you weren't immune from it. Like Even for us with the nursery, that's one of the worst years we've had mm. ever, trying to keep everything it cool. going. When you've got 40 degrees in the morning, which plants yeah. are used to morning sun, mm. you don't have much. Yeah, not much you can really do about it. No, that was no. a horrific
0: summer. I shall yeah. never forget. Dead, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: and then we have this summer that just went by now, which is quite <laughs> yeah, cruisy. Quite. And I was dreading honest.
0: it, and it was yeah. like that was that was summer. Yeah, that was a no, no, that was a no, cruisy no. summer. Like yes, by comparison, well. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Free lines nine four eight four one
3: nine two seven. We shall return.
0: And we are back. You are listening to Let's Talk Gardening. My special guest, Linda Michener and Daniel Variscati, in the studio. Two experts. Don't miss your opportunity to speak to them directly. And Linda is very much our organic growing lady. And uh, your philosophy, I always say, is around permaculture. And we have our tropical man in the studio as well from Coast Road Palms. And so we'll talk a little bit more about managing permaculture uh, Palms and tropical plants through winter and the problems that that we certainly can uh, have. Okay, 94841927. I know you've got a couple of emails there, but perhaps we go back to you, Daniel, and just carry on with that subject when we're talking about some of the issues of example mealy bugs and all that sort of they've been quite naughty this year i feel
2: yeah mealy has been quite naughty yeah you've got to remember mealy prefers protected positions and i think mm. that's what you always got to remember so like it's behind
0: be airflow issues airflow
2: issues mm. protected even palms like golden canes and that will get mealy behind the sheafs mm. um a lot of people um it's it's all got to do with normally poor ventilation and stuff like that at the end of the day and if you've got a really crammed up tropical garden yeah. it's not a bad idea to start to thin it out a bit now and get some more no. light in there yeah as the days hours of sun are less overcast days we need to get as much light into the undergrowth as possible because pests just love this sort of weather you know and then they can take hold while the plants are weaker mm. so yeah just keep an eye on that sort of stuff obviously like, if you've got merely behind the sheaves you can just do simple white oil treatments and stuff like that down down the sheaves that's normally acceptable mm. um but yeah that that's more with the mealybug issues and then as far as other plants go a lot of your gingers and heliconias may have well and truly finished flowering now
0: so what are they susceptible to pest wise
2: well not really pest wise you just want to remove all the old um, foliage out yeah. so anything that's flowered so all those plants flower terminally so it comes out the center bud so there's no more life for those stems so now's the time to get rid of them and dispose of them and cut them out mm. so a lot of people cut the tips of them out no you cut them to the floor that stem's not going to do anything anymore all yeah. the growth comes from down below mm-hmm. and that's what you should be doing fitting them out things like canners, as the season goes on later you can definitely cut them back to the floor and stuff like that yeah
0: i've started on some of mine my... yeah like mm. some are already mm. pretty trashed just depends yeah. where you are so yeah. and what
2: type of some are hardier than others yes so and of course cutting out things like canners is a good thing because any pests and that because it's such a dense plant, yeah. You throw it away and get rid of it. Like yeah. you want to dispose of it properly. So things that could have harbored in there at the end of the season, like spider mites, mm. or because it can happen, because it is the ideal conditions, or merely bugs, even mm. if it's in a shadier spot. You should floor them back and get it all clean for spring.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done over winter. It yeah? is. It's Absolutely.
2: the maintenance. It's the maintenance months.
0: I was only thinking that yeah. last night. People think, oh, they have a break, and yeah, uh, no, I've not. got we're, so much to do. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're
2: with the, our property. Anyone knows our property knows what it's like. So at the moment, all we're doing is pruning back and pruning back, getting more light into the undergrowth. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm up on the cherry picker like. Most days of the week now.
0: I've seen your equipment yeah. out there. It's yeah. It's yeah. incredible. You've got to get up so high, don't yeah, you? Yeah, get oil. it all out.
2: But that's good. And then you get more airflow through and all that sort of stuff too, which, yeah. which is, you know, we're talking about more natural types of ways. That's a good way of getting pestered it. Do it. Or, yeah, yeah, not having the ideal conditions for them. Yeah. yeah. You can get eliminate that, then mm. you don't even need to think about a lot of control, you know. Okay. it's so, very good tip. Yeah. Very
0: good point. All right, let's head out to the lines. We are in North Perth. Brian, how are you? Hi, how are you this morning? We're all good, thank you. Nice
1: bit of sunshine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there? Is yeah, there? So oh, actually, actually, we just looked outside, out the window. Yeah. I can see blue. Good on you, Brian. Yeah.
1: No worries. Um, can I ask you a question? You know, like I'm 70, I should have asked this 100 years ago, but... Um, what do slaters actually do in your garden? Do they eat plants or what? There's, Why are
4: they considered? Uh, look, it, there's there's people that will say that they do eat plant material, and they seem to cause a lot of damage to seedlings in particular. But then there's other people that say that the slaters aren't after the living plant tissue. They actually eat the 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 natural microscopic like fungal uh, the on the outside of the plants, but in doing that, it damages the plant itself as a as a uh, accident a- accident of what they're trying to eat, so I don't yeah. know what the truth of that is, mm-hmm. but either way, it does damage plants and seems that seedlings in particular are very vulnerable, and that's when most people have the problem with them. <laughs> but they'll they'll be in your compost, they naturally uh, help m- uh, plant material decompose, so they do have a role <laughs> to play. they're obviously part of the whole food chain and the ecosystem. But it's just when they get in plague proportions in our veggie gardens in particular, or if you've got even annual seedlings of flowers and things, that's when they cause problems. Because nobody likes to lavish their garden with the time and energy of new plantings and come out in the morning to find they've, they've been destroyed. So, yes. so again, you would treat them when there's lots around? Generally, yes. I, I don't bother yeah. with a, a small proportion of them, and and I guess I'm lucky yeah. because where we are in in the hills, uh, we do get bandicoots and things around, and they eat them. Yeah. So you know, I'm loath to use a lot of poisons <laughs> and things around. But I guess for people in the city, it's
1: even got into our worm farm. I yes. don't know how, but they have
4: that climbed up the
1: feed. Yeah,
4: I've got lots in mind too. And I, to be honest, I don't. Not a bother. problem. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. No, they don't seem to be bothering the worms. No, No, not at all. They won't attack the worms. They won't eat the worms. They're after after that decaying matter. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the stuff we put
0: in, yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question, Brian? Yeah,
1: that's wonderful. Have I got time for another couple?
0: Uh, Just quick ones. Yes,
4: please.
1: Um, Have you ever seen rhubarb rhubarb flower?
4: Yes, it, it can flower, particularly more so in colder places. Um, uh, yeah. they say that you should cut the flowers off because it takes energy from the plant and will take away from the production of the stems but the flowers are pretty incredible so uh, it, it's nice to kind of have a look and see what they do look like but yes they do flower but not always especially in a climate like Perth
1: Yeah, I've never seen it before I've got one, one um, crown that's had about three flowers on it this year Nice
0: And what's your next question Brian?
1: I painted myself into a very nasty corner. Um, Some uh, months ago, my son in law, who's a chef, found a tomato that he really likes to cook, but we couldn't find any seeds. So I said, Okay, why don't we get one of them and bring it? We'll plant the seeds and see how they go. And um, they went very well. But my daughter's got a uh, work friend who uh, wanted to try growing some. Poinciana seeds, and um, she said, "Don't, no worries. My dad's a genius for this. He wrote, he's good oh. at well. mm. and I,
0: I don't know how to grow these at all. So, poinciana
2: yeah, seeds—it's it's not something I've actually done, no. so I'm not that familiar with it. So, yeah, tricky. I'd say so. I'd say trying to do it now in the cold would be definitely trouble. trickier. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you'd definitely be try to dry store them, I guess, until after the cold has shifted away, then I would set them in the spring.
0: Are you there, Brian? Yes, I am. Thank you. Okay. All right. We shall move on. Have a great day. Take care. You too. Thank Thank you so much
1: for your time. I enjoyed the show enormously.
0: Good on you. Appreciate that. Thanks, Brian. All right, look, it is nine o'clock. Uh, Ken and Ross, if you can uh, stay with us. Uh, and Ellia Forestfield is very interested in the shampoo plant. Where can she purchase it? Daniel. Yes, we've got <laughs> it. We've got it at Coast Palms. Yeah, so, of course.
2: Yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's not readily available. No. You're not going to find it in the generics. In the local. No. Nah. Big box. No, nah, <gasps> I'm not going to find it there. But no, no, we do no. have it and we do still have stock.
0: Okay, so, beautiful. Yeah. All right, uh, Nine o'clock news. Okay, unusual news and weather this morning, for which I apologise. Right now, 14.2 degrees, heading for a maximum of 19. Showers are forecasted up to 15 mils is possible today. Looking forward to tomorrow, the overnight minimum is 11. The maximum will be 17. Showers easing. And on Monday, the the minimum will be seven with a maximum of 17. Now, we're looking at a humidity at the moment of 84%. And our rainfall so far for for June is a massive 159.8 mils. So we're obviously going to do a lot more. And the average is 126.9. So we've really smashed the average, yeah. And this time last year, we had a dry dry June. We only had 60 mils. So... We're doing gang buses when we needed to. We needed to make up for May. So as wet as we all are, uh, <laughs> we we cannot complain. We asked for rain. We got it. We got it. We got it. All right, straight back out to the lines. We're in Duncraig. Craig. Ken, thanks for waiting.
1: Uh, I just want to know if it's too early to prune, prune my grapevines. It's dropping dead leaves everywhere.
4: Well... Yeah, it probably is a little early, but it's not far off. If it's dropping leaves, it's definitely beginning its dormancy. I know some people have started hacking them back. I haven't touched mine yet. Mine's still got a few leaves hanging on. Probably around July. But um I don't you know, I again I'm not a grape expert, but I wouldn't think you'd do it too much harm by pruning it now. But the general rule is to wait till everything's fallen off because those leaves that remain on deciduous plants they yellow off because the plant takes back some of the nutrients from that leaf material. So if you're pruning that off, you are robbing the plant of some of its own nutrients. So personally, I'd probably wait a bit longer.
9: Thank you very much for that.
7: Welcome.
0: Thanks, Ken. Cheers for now. Whoop, okay. Ken's gone. Now we're in Pierre Waters. Ross, how are you?
10: Good morning, how are you? Good,
0: thank you for waiting.
10: Good, no, no trouble. I've, I've got a, 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 a lovely frangipani tree in a, a big square pot that's been there for about five years, and it's, uh, it, it loves the area. It lo- it's a beautiful tree. And all of a sudden, in the last four months, it's grown a taproot through the hole, the drain hole in the bottom, and it's forcing the pot on a, on a big angle. So I've got a, 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 squ- a couple of square metre frangipani tree on a, on a big lean. If I cut the, that root, that tap root, off at the pot, and put something there and hold it up a bit, hold the pot off the ground and put something there to stop it again, will it damage the tree? Will the tree go backwards?
2: Well, we're in the winter time now, so anything can happen. Yeah. But if the pot is big enough, the plant should be totally fine with it. The biggest problem is like what yeah. we're talking about now, so like getting waterlogged. So you're gonna to have to make sure that that root hasn't totally clogged it off. The plant's probably fine while it's got the rest of its root system all spread through the ground underneath, because obviously it must have a fair bit yeah. under if it's doing that. But yeah, um, if if yeah, if it sounds like it's probably maybe time more time for repot than anything to get into a bigger right. pot and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it is the winter yeah. time now, so either you can just hold off if you can put it up on a lean for a little bit longer, a few more months until spring, yeah. and then do it all then before it starts to fol- foliate again. Hold it. Yeah. That's
10: fine. Yeah, we can do
2: that. Yeah. Is there anybody like, um, one can get in to
10: do uh, sort of thing? I'm a bit immobilised, but for that sort of thing, is anybody you can get in?
2: There's no can one like, like as a, like that? There's no one I know that does anything. We get asked this sort of stuff all the time. The only thing you can really do is find a local gardener or, or someone like that that is yeah. that, willing to yeah, help yeah. you out. That's that's more the sort of job it is. So yeah, you yeah, just have yeah. to ring around the local guys.
4: Yeah, it's probably at least a two-man job, I'd say, if it's in a big pot. They did an episode on Gardening (laughs) Australia a couple of weeks ago where they were repotting an advanced citrus in a big, big pot. Yeah. And that was probably similar kind of advice to what you need to do is just sort of need help to tip it Mm -hmm. up on its side, side, to to again get it out of the pot and Mm. look at what you've got in there with the roots, whether or not you need to tease them out or trim them. Um, and yeah, and then repot it, but it wouldn't be something you could do on your own anyway, I wouldn't imagine. So, no, yeah. no, it's quite
10: a big tree and quite yeah. a big pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Daniel says, and Well, thank you very much.
4: Yeah, cool. Awesome.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Ross. Thank yeah, it, it is a problem with big pots, isn't it? Like,
2: it is. It's always lots of fun when you don't have the machinery there to, to lift it. Like, yeah. it's they're heavy. Plants they are heavy, they are. especially yeah. things with big canopies like frangipanis that. They're mm. very deceiving. Mm. Yeah. And it's all good on getting it on the ground. Then you've got to get it up. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's yeah.
0: another that's another issue. But yeah. that was very good information on gardening Australia. I think it was yeah. with Josh Byrne. Yeah, was, and yeah. I did talk about that.
4: And and if it's something you oh, should wait till spring, then now's probably a good time to start trying to find someone, a gardening service, that he can book ahead because unfortunately a lot of these guys are so, so they are busy. They are so, so busy. busy. Yeah, so yeah. book I ahead know. and say, they Look, are. I don't need it done now but Put it in your calendar for
2: so all many So many of the landscapers are still, as you've probably experienced, are still booked out and oh, truly ahead. We totally. Can't, we can't find anyone to really help anyone. Yeah. Like they're yeah. seriously booked out. So what is going on out there? It's I been like that I, for a long time, yeah, it too. It hasn't, hasn't cooled off at that side of it for some I, reason. It has not. It yeah. has
0: not. All right, we're heading to White Gum Valley. We cover some ground on this show. <laughs> Alan, how are you?
10: Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm just wondering, you're talking about frangipanies, I've got some frangipanies, both potted and in the ground. You know, seemed quite healthy in that, but haven't flowered for a while. Uh, when's the best time to fertilise and what's the best fertiliser to use? To, can you do that? Does that help them flower or not?
2: Well, fertilising is always important. So, yeah, so once the spring hits, I wouldn't really be fertilising too much now while it's cold. It's just a waste of time and money. Not good for anything. Just wait until spring comes in and they actually will take it up and use it. And just start from the spring yeah. and 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 put on its you know under regular feed cycle, but if the plant overall is healthy, that's half the battle. Anyway, it's always good to get flowers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. any
10: particular any particular fertilizer good to, to help some flower or just a general fertilizer. Just
2: as a general rule of thumb, like there'll be fertilizers out there that promote flowering. That's what you want to be looking for. Oh, without naming yeah. any brands yeah. or anything, you're just looking for something that, that's designed to promote flowering. Yeah. That will have the elements. And that one of our
0: frangie ladies, Nellie Tuchek, she mm. often talks about adding a bit of uh, potash into the equation. Potash is the
2: general, yeah. To push additive. the flowering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right, thank you very much.
0: Thanks, Alan. Bye for now. And let's go to Secret Harbour, Bob. Hi.
10: Yes, uh, good morning to you all. Good morning. Um, my wife's mad on uh, plants and she loves your show, but uh, she's got an elephant ears, or a big we call it a big ears, same thing, um, with the trunk about a metre long. And it's getting, looking a bit scraggly, it's sticking out of the pot and we've got to stake it up all the time. Can that be cut off and will it re-root or will it kill it?
2: It all depends on what type of elephant ear it is and, and all that sort of stuff too. Sometimes they can be buried down deeper without even actually cutting them off but some some of the it's in a pot, is it? Did you say? Yeah, it it's in
10: quite a large pot.
2: Yeah, it's, once you hit the bottom of the pot they just keep going up and up and then winter will come it'll look a bit scraggly and spring will come it'll start to pick up again and all that. So yeah, you can sometimes you can layer them as well, it's probably a safer way of doing it where you can like mound up you know, sphagnum moss around the trunk and try to get to root out like that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, try and get so it Wouldn't It wouldn't be yeah. wise to chop it off and reap. Wouldn't do it now. No way. You would do it definitely, if to have to, you have got to do it in the spring, for sure. In the springtime, if you're yeah. going to do it at all. All right. Yeah. Okay, it, thank you for that. No worries.
0: Good on you, Bob. Thank
10: you. Take care. Thanks, love. See
0: you later. Okay, I'm going to give away the Green Life Soil Co. $75 gift voucher. Now, Linda, if uh, the winner gets their $75 gift voucher. What would they, what do you think they could spend it on at your place? Oh,
4: well, for a gardener, <laughs> lots, and lots of recommend? things. What do you recommend? Well, I guess it depends on their situation and what yeah. their gardening needs are. So I would recommend uh, to come on out, if, especially if they've never been to Green Life because people always say when they walk in, oh wow, I didn't know you did this. And no, you, you have you so that. much. So, so come on out. Um, our team are very uh, experienced gardeners. They can talk to you about what you're trying to achieve and then you can go on a shopping spree. So it depends if you're wanting to repot things or you need some fertilizers or you need mulch for your right, garden exactly. or you need any particular sort of pest kind of issues. We are uh, an organic-based nursery, so we don't have heavy um, poisons and things there but we do have some more natural options if you have to go down that route but yeah lots of different things we've got so yeah come on out and
0: that's what visit. your 75 dollar gift voucher could go towards all right you must be a curtain fm member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days true or false the fleur-de-lis is a kind of lily true or false the fleur-de-lis is a kind of lily give bev a call now 9484 9484- 1927, and that $75 gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co. could be yours. Go to it. Okay, we've got a couple of emails as well. Can we get a couple more?
4: Yeah, Completed if possible sure. so this is one that is sent in by Gail and uh, she I think is near the coast Remember? oh yeah um, now near Mullalu somewhere and she's growing a grevillea which uh, is reasonably mature but it's quite yellow and she has done a pH test and she's got very alkaline soils which isn't surprising if you are near the coast mm. and she's saying she uses bore water so that's likely to also be alkaline so she's asking what she you can do about it. Um, You really do need to work on that alkalinity and bring that down. So uh, some of the more traditional ways are using iron chelate in the soil, a little bit of sulfur, um, or come and see us because we've got a product which is a biochar that's quite acidic and it works a treat for people near the coast to help bring down the, uh, the alkalinity of the soil. And help with water holding as well Mm. Uh, but you do need to work that into the soil which is a bit trickier in an established garden but over time it can be done I usually say to people don't sort of do the whole way around the plant just pick one side and then you can come back in six months and do the other side so really if you can work on the alkalinity of the soil I think that Grevillea will be much happier happier (laughs) yes
0: okay thank you and are we up to date or have we got more
4: uh, there's another one here from uh, Sylvia who is making comments about how important it is to be on the lookout for fruit fly. And with the Queensland fruit fly issue that is here in Perth. In Perth. I would definitely say to everybody, please be vigilant and double down on that. She's commenting on how important it is to collect fallen fruit, which she does daily. So well done, Mm. Sylvie. I'd recommend Mm. that.
2: Yeah, very important at the moment. It really, really is.
4: And I know it's frustrating when you're doing the right thing and you've got Neighbours around you who may not, so that comes down to trying to be a bit neighborly and if you can find a way to broach the subject. Because, yeah, it's really, I went really around important.
0: picking up fruit off a neighbor's lawn last night yeah. on, on my wow. way with my dog, yeah. yeah. And, and,
2: just, and Queensland fruit fly attacks a lot of non traditional fruits as well, like heaps of them. So you've got to really be on the lookout. Yeah, Yeah. we
4: really don't want those to get a foothold here. Well, yeah,
0: because the area where I live is quarantined at the moment for Q-Fly, and I've had trees, they've baited some of my trees, and they've got tags hanging in trees, and they're doing the whole burb. But uh, I was chatting to the girls, there's about 100 people on the ground uh, trying to get control of this issue, and they said that the the Q-Fly goes after about 300 different varieties of trees. I
2: think that's the biggest issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now a, a lot of trees that never have issues before will have yeah. issues. Oh,
0: good grief. And more in our
4: veggie gardens too, which nobody wants. So. Oh,
0: <laughs> heavens. Okay, we have a winner. Of course we do. Kevin of Bennett Springs. That's oh, your yeah, locality. In that
2: neighborhood. Ken,
0: good on you, Kevin. Uh, $75 gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co. will be on its way to you this week. Let us know what you do with it. Linda's sitting right here, so make yourself obviously no Now, the question was true or false that fleur-de-lis is a kind of lily? The answer is true. Its name translates as lily flower. Okay, thanks for playing with us and coming up later in the program. We'll have another gift voucher to give away as well. 94841927. What's next? I was going to, what's, what are your thoughts, Linda, on potting mixes with regard to the fact that there's a lot of talk out there with the problems and we can't access the pine wood that has been a big part of the potting mix?
4: Yeah, it it is an issue. It's more the sawdust kind of things that that people, that some manufacturers are using. Um, Pine bark is still available, but it's Mm. becoming a little bit more expensive because obviously there's, you know, the the more pressure put on the timber industry, Mm -hmm. the more demand there is. So unfortunately, it means that your good quality potting mixes aren't going to get cheaper in a hurry. Uh, and some of the bigger manufacturers have been experimenting with substitute products. I think Baileys has gone to using oat husks, I read, okay. and oh. instead of some of the sawdust material. Right. So uh, they've done a lot of extensive trials and, and believe mm. it's, it's a great formula. Um, some people out there are saying that they've just noticed it's different and people sometimes don't like different. Like different, yeah. But, you know, I'm sure Baileys have done lots, the, and lots their of work, trials. Their work, yeah. And one of the other big manufacturers is investing in a hell of a lot of money in doing a lot of material recycling, like wood recycling, to produce their own wood fibre materials. So it's changing the face of the industry, and yeah. it's, mm. it's going to sort of be, be a thing. We uh, don't tend to use a lot of... Well, we don't use any sawdust in our potting mixes, So, but we do use pine bark, so that's... Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, and... Sp- Speaking of potting mixes in winter, you do want to check your pots, particularly after all this rain, because waterlogging is a big thing. It sure because is. with some of the potting mixes that have a very um, high bark content, which is another product that's used in some of the cheaper mixes, in particular, a lot of bark material, that can break down to like mm-hmm. a sludge in the bottom of your pots. Oh, yeah, I've had it. Absolutely. Mm. And and so that then is anaerobic. It will cause yeah. your roots to rot and your plants will drop dead. And, and mm. if you're not aware of that happening in all of the rain, it can cause some problems.
2: It, even like nursery plants with full core pots, you would be very careful yes. with the, some of those soils. Because so they, they get... hold... They uh, yep. hold water extremely well, yep. which is great if you've got a glasshouse roof yes. over the top and you can control everything. It's yes. not so good for any of us who are no. out in the open. So yeah. so
4: in in our opinion, yeah, potting mixes should be quite free draining and yeah. then it's finding the balance between water holding in summer yes. and, uh, it's <laughs> and drainage one. in winter. <laughs> it's so tough. <laughs> Just another challenge.
0: Yeah. Okay, we'll be back shortly. When we return, we're chatting with Roma.
3: Twenty four. Mm-hmm. Radio twenty four. In-
0: 24 minutes after nine, you're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. My guests in the studio this morning, Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co and Daniel Verichetti with Coast Road Palms. And we've been working them quite hard. Some more emails to talk about. We're in Yokine, Roma. Good morning. Oh, good morning to you all.
11: Uh, I was just wondering, when is the right time to prune a mango tree? Because ours is massive and it really needs coming down. Mm.
2: I'm not that familiar when when the correct time to do it is, but yes. I should say if it's a problem plant to give it a prune now, I guess, but it's probably not the ideal. Well, time, but it's probably when you got time is of really the ideal time yeah. for that sort of thing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Oftentimes that's the truth for just about everything. Yeah. Everything yeah, in yeah. life. Yeah. Well, look, the general rule of thumb is when they are finished fruiting yeah. um, because it gives I the plant like time to recover mm. before yeah. it then sets new flowers and fruit the following season. Yeah,
2: the last okay. thing you want to do is to sort of set fruit again, get top heavy and snap off for a right. little ugly break or something like yeah. that. That's more of a problem than... So would it be yeah.
4: September?
2: Probably, mm. but... If it's if you can see it's gonna be a problem and the rain's gonna weigh it down this make the branch snap, well I'd probably just take it off myself, you know. But yeah.
11: But you reckon the best time is September?
2: Yeah, if you don't see it, it's gonna become a real problem, I'd probably wait a little bit. Well it's time. over
11: it's hanging over the shed, you know. It's gotten quite
2: big. Yeah, so you know what's going to happen next. It'll load up with fruit and then probably snap if well, it's it like finished fruiting yeah, for the season would have now, done its dash. So, yeah, I, I
0: suggest. Just yes. like you don't want to open the, the trunk up for...
2: Well, you don't want water to sit in inch, it. No. That's the general fun mm. for winter. You don't want to yeah. do a fresh cut and have water mm. pull in it. If you're going to have to do it, obviously put a slant cut, hopefully mm. on an angle where the water's not going to pull on top of it. But, yeah. So,
11: really speaking, it's better to wait until... If you can. September.
2: For those sorts of can. things that can have water entering, then, yeah, always should wait.
11: And you've got a fig tree, Roma? Yes. Yes, I was wondering when that's the right time to prune. Uh, well, they say usually when the, just after fruiting, yeah, when they, the leaves fall off. Yeah, yeah. They're starting to fall off now.
4: Yeah. Again, right. deciduous trees, I, I would be taking them down in, in winter generally. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, so that's a And shaping them up. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it, it is deciduous. a bit different from your mango, but yeah. yeah. So soon for you your would fig do, tree. You would do it now, a fig tree? Yes, well, June, yeah.
2: July, yes. And you yeah. wouldn't be doing any major cuts anyway. Normally no. in a fig tree, anyway, you're just more doing the thinner wood, so no. it wouldn't be that much of a problem.
11: Just take it down because it's a bit tall. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that'll be the way.
11: Okay, yeah. all right. Thank you for that, then.
0: All right. Show. Thanks, Roma. Thank you. Very much. Thank Cheers. you. Bye. And we do have some free lines now. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. Can I get you to respond to a couple of emails, Daniel? Yeah,
2: we've got an email here from um, Ray, and and they've asked. They said, "Notice in Queensland, there's palm that grows magnificently everywhere, and it has the red stems in the middle of it. I believe the common name is red lipstick palm, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it is. Why isn't it available in WA? It's really hard to grow. It's like almost impossible. We do bring them in for people, but we don't sugarcoat it." the chances of growing are quite slim.
0: Because of our climate? It's
2: too cold. Too it's, cold if people yeah. think it's too hot. There's no way. It grows. It actually grows really good. If I can get them in spring, you can actually grow them really well through the warm months. It's no problem at all. But like um, once it gets cold, then they're trouble. There's word from customers that brought up here before around the Hillary's area, reckons they've got them going. So many Mand reckons they've got it going. Seems to be where there's no frost. They mm-hmm. seem to be able to go your odds are growing it's still slim as anything. It's definitely not a generic garden plant. That's 100% okay. what it definitely is not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a roll of the dice. But we do, we do generally bring them in in the spring. We haven't got any in for a few years because there they hasn't been much around anywhere. Yeah. But um, we probably will have some in this spring. If you alternatives? Really to try. Alternative Alternatives. Options. There's some really rock-solid alternatives. You can... There's like... They're not as red. That's the downside to them. But there's things like redneck palms, which is still not very common in Perth, and grow here... Quite easily. Okay. There there's so many other oddball palms of different colours and stuff that can be used. Worth exploring. Worth isn't exploring. It? Yeah. yeah. And and fortunately, like a lot of these palms, we do in just low numbers. You know, they're hard to get seed, hard to get to get them going. But once they're going, they're good. But redneck palm is definitely a good option for someone. You do get that fairy red trunk on it. Um, it's actually quite a nice palm. And then you know, there's other things like you know blue canes and stuff like that, and flame palms that throw red leaves out. Mm. But we don't have any at the moment. It's it's just depends what we've got going at the time. We do have them in production. Hopefully, we'll have them next spring. But it all depends what the winter brings us. And if well, they're young, they're they're troublesome. When they're older, they're they're easy. Mm. So you just got to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely lipstick palm is, is a challenge. It's, it's yeah. definitely some for people who are up north more than okay.
0: anything. Okay, yeah. good information. Thank you.
12: Let's go to Mandra. Cheryl, how's it going? Hi, Ray. Hi, good, thanks. Um, I was lucky enough to get a free ticket from you guys for the Kalamanda Garden
3: Festival. Wonderful.
12: And um, I'm, I made way way up there and it was absolutely amazing. So I really wanted to thank the two people that are with you today and um, the uh, talks I went spread myself across all the three um, pavilions for the talks. Yeah, and the, good on you. It, That's good. It was just a wonderful, wonderful time and just tops all of the other garden festivals I've been to. So thank you so much for all the time and the effort and the volunteers, the professionalism and the um, topics covered. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's great feedback because we've got uh, two exhibitors here sitting with me this morning and, of course, it is such a a big thing it's a heck of a lot of work for them but to hear this sort of feedback you know it makes it you know they they know it's uh it's very positive very worthwhile and i'm with you as i I went from the spectator angle cheryl and i just thought it was uh fantastic so we'd have we have different glasses on yeah
12: (laughs) i agree really well done and thanks hope hope to get there again next year
0: ah yes well there's another festival coming up in september but Yes, that yeah. thanks to the next one Mandy and Andrew yes. uh, who uh run uh Calamunda Garden Festival they do an amazing job so yeah it's uh four four events four festivals a year now which is uh sensational and wow. what talent hey so look forward to the next one uh September yep. spring will have arrived it's the first, first sunday. sunday first sunday first sunday. First sunday
4: of every western season so yep. spring summer autumn winter yeah yep. Yep. first sunday good so one so to put you in your diary yes, yeah, exactly. yeah.
12: Fantastic, thank you very much. And just a, a little quick one. You know the man. I'm oh, sorry, I'm not very good with remembering names. The great talk on um, blueberries. Yes, uh,
4: yes, yes. Um, Parnham, um, David, David Parnham from Parham, the Parkerville yes. Berry Company.
12: Yeah. Yes, is that a retail or a wholesale um, berry company?
4: He wholesale. wholesales his plants through to other commercial nurseries. So yeah. you can certainly buy his plants. He also does his own liquid fertilizer, which you can get at some mm. good nurseries around town. Uh, he does yeah. have a Facebook page. So if you, or, and a website, obviously. So you could reach out to him through either Facebook or his website and find out where your nearest stockist is. Because he's oh, okay, I know that you
12: have got it at, at Green Life, but it's a little bit far. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much, everybody.
0: Thank you. All right, Bye. good. Thanks for your call, Cheryl. Thanks. Cheers Bye. for that. Okay. And can we clear another email? Is that possible? I oh, know I'm working you too hard. <laughs> no.
2: We did have that email from Jenny Napier about the Poinciana tree with lots of seeds and how to dispose them well we'll try and nut it out i think mm. it's just just throw them away i think we're not quite sure what she meant by
4: dispose
2: whether yeah. she's it sounds like yeah. the plant's healthy that sounds that's like a, a good, good thing. thing with her pointiana and sim Beachboro as well so it sounds like it's a good healthy tree but as far as dispose them goes well i don't really think you, you could safely compost them without them germinating
4: well that's <laughs> that, that's <laughs> but that might be something you want yeah, to do. I don't know somebody else was wanting to germinate <laughs> yeah. Poinciana, so if we can yeah. connect him with... <laughs> yeah, then it'll all sorted, won't
2: it? Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, I don't think there's any special way. I think the main thing to do is just make sure... I guess the main thing to do is just make sure you throw your, your rubbish out in the area that you're in. Don't take it to different suburbs with all these weird fruit flies. Problems going problems, on. Problems, pests. There's yeah. just sense of stuff going on everywhere. So, yeah. yeah, just make sure you dispose of where you are. Do yeah. not go take it to other shires. I guess that's probably the best... Mm. Advice really. Mm.
0: Do you have up- any updates on the uh the Cool. What am I now the thinking of? So, thank you.
2: <laughs>
4: senior moment. So citrus gall pests. wasp. Yeah, I know. Well, I believe I was looking at this the other day. I think the ag department says up until the end of June, roughly, is the Correct. time to prune out. Yeah. If you leave it any later, what can happen is the sap in your growth is more attractive to them in the spring. Yeah. So if you haven't already done so, and you're wanting to uh, inspect and prune your trees, you better hop to it mm. and, and get to it. Do it, it so, now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you'll see if there's any damage and... and Okay, going forward, how can we stop it from repeating again? Wow, it's, it's so hard, isn't it, it? It
4: really is. It's very unfortunate. I, I know some people are heartbroken with their beautiful citrus that mm. has really been hacked back to a stump. Well, mine's pretty oh. well there, you know. The, the other thing that you mm. can certainly trial, the Ag Department is, I believe, recommending it as something to trial, is using a very fine uh, clay, 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 which we have at Greenlight. Yeah, so the yeah. $75 voucher winner can come and get some for <laughs> But it basically is a very, very fine kaolin clay that forms a slurry with water very readily. And so mix it up, agitate it in a spray bottle and coat the plant. And they recommend that, I think, in spring because it makes it less uh, attractive to the wasp to strike the tree in the first place and harder for insects to get their little... Egg-laying bits through it because it yeah. Forms so a you've got nothing to lose by doing this. No, and what about
0: exclusion netting? What are your thoughts on that?
4: I guess you can do that, but then you're affecting your pollinators. So that's the timing it. of that is mm. really
0: important.
4: So and it's knowing
0: what to do and when to do it. Yes, yeah. This is so yeah. crucial.
4: Yeah, and and again on their website, the ag department does have a calendar what they mm-hmm. recommend doing at certain times of the year for treating. But as Daniel was saying before, when we talk about Perth, there are so many variables. Uh, that you do need to just observe your own garden because mm. if you're in on the coast, you're generally seasonally ahead of people that are inland and in the hills. So yeah, you just got to use your own uh, observation and intelligence to when it seems to you like the time is right based on the descriptions that you can read. So yeah, yeah.
0: okay,
4: yeah. it's a tricky one, unfortunately.
0: Yes, and of course the Polyphagus shot hole borer is. Um Something that I think we're going to have to live with.
2: Yeah, I think it's looking that way, isn't it, with the current maps? I think. Oh, it's just spreading, yeah. And it's
4: such a shame with the damage it can do to beautiful, mature trees. It's heartbreaking,
2: Mm. yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. 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 as well. So happy days. (laughs) Happy gardening, everyone. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Yeah, just keep an eye on it. Yeah. I, think, I
2: think with the Queensland mm. fruit fly, it's important. If you know your fruit's got fruit, fruit fly on it, don't go give it to your mate that lives in three suburbs. So that's yeah, probably no, the best. Yeah, they're begging people not to do that's that. That's probably the best thing. Like mm. as, as cool as it is to give it away on the free groups and stuff. and. Help people out. Just be so careful.
0: Keep it within your own verb.
2: Yeah, absolutely. keep it very local if you're going to give it away.
4: They're even saying that you've got to watch what you take in your lunchbox.
2: Yeah, it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. It yes. really is. It's yep. like it's got here somehow, yeah. so mm. it could be as simple as that.
0: Yeah, that. yeah, that's how you can transport it around. Mm. Yeah, and yep. people, you just don't think.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just, yeah. I suppose, yeah, just watch what you're doing. Absolutely. If you're seeing fruit fly on your stuff, then dispose of it correctly.
4: And I know people are sad when they're uh, buying fruit trees because... No mm. fruit. I, exactly. I, I would never recommend sort of keeping uh, fruit on a young tree anyway, but no. people love to buy yeah, them course. because they can see what the fruit's like and the nurseries need to take that fruit off, off. and yeah. where it's going. Yeah. So yeah. just be aware that if you buy something out there that does have fruit on it, you probably... Get it it removed. Strip it before it leaves the shop. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Yeah, very good point. Winter vegetables, what could we be planting now?
4: Well, all of the good winter veggies like your, your cabbages, your broccoli, your cauliflowers, if you haven't already got them in, Hurry up, get them in.
0: Have you guys noticed the white cabbage moth? I haven't seen him around Not so yet. much this year. Don't, he's, don't
4: oh,
2: don't don't say
3: don't that. Say that. Yeah. I, he's on
0: his
2: way.
3: <laughs> Probably
2: oh, waiting morning. for the rain. Eh? Yeah.
4: Oh, I thought he'd be out. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very weather weather dependent. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's Damn a bit thing. early yet for mm. them, I think. Okay. Yeah, take advantage. (laughs) Enjoy it now. So, okay, so all your brassicas. Generally speaking, yeah. And, I mean, all of your greens do well, your spinaches, your silver beets, your bok choy, um, onions, spring onions, uh, lettuce greens. It's quite ironic that lettuces just do so well at this time of year when nobody really wants to eat salad. Eat, eat salad, yeah. There but, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, and of course um, carrots, beetroot, all of those sorts of things will do quite well all year. But it's definitely mm. a good time to get them in.
0: Get them in. Mm. Okay. I must say, whenever I watch um, eastern state gardening shows, a car like Gardening Australia. Their soil it kills me over there, their soil they just have the best soils mm-hmm. and they just you see them digging in it and they don't think anything of it and it's rich and it's black yeah. and it's you can almost eat it and compared to our soils here. Which yes. we do need to amend.
4: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: for yeah. growing our vegetables yeah. in. Absolutely, over there it's just incredible, isn't
4: it? Oh, it does vary. There are still yeah. places in Australia oh, yeah. that that have pretty rubbish soils. It
3: definitely
2: is. Yeah.
4: Out. And and you know we've got the sand, but in certain yeah. places I okay, know they they've got the heavy clay. Yeah. Which yeah. in some ways is a bit harder even to work with. So you yeah. Know. As you
0: guys know. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, this, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's working with what you have. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. With what you got. Yeah. Envy, so I'll yeah. I'll stop my soil envy. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Some of them just got it easy for what they do. You know? Yeah. But then you know there'll be someone over there that wants in a tropical area that wants to grow some WA native plants. And yeah. It's just a challenge. It's just the way it is. Depends it yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. But yeah. They, they Embrace say it.
4: If you can garden well in Perth, they say that anywhere else in the world you'd be an absolute master gardener. Oh
3: yeah. Well, mm-hmm.
0: well, that, that's that's. We'll take that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah.
2: I'd have to agree. <laughs> especially running a tropical nursery over here.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's head to Warwick. Rosemary, how's it going?
8: Not too bad, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I've got a a couple of freebies um, if anyone wants some lavender plants. I've got probably half a dozen, maybe a bit more that they hide. Uh, They're self-sown. They're probably about 10 to 20 centimetres high. Some are a little bit higher very easy to pull out I keep pulling them out so if anyone wants um, some free lavender plants because I tried um, from seed about 2000 plants uh, seeds and that's not a joke but uh, because I've got lots of um, uh, lavender plants in the backyard and they just reproduce willy-nilly the dirty things
0: Okay, well, what we'll do, uh, Rosemary, is I'll put you back to Bev. And uh, if anyone's interested, you're in the Warwick, Warwick locality. Um, she can take your number if anyone's interested, they can give us a call. How does that sound? That's terrific. All right, Perfect. I'm going That's to put great. you back to Bev. Thanks, Rosemary. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Yes, okay. Are you Rosemary people? Rosemary, lavender, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, sorry, lavender, sorry. Oh, well, her name's Rosemary. Give me a break. (laughs) Rosemary and lavender, oh my word. All right, we better uh, go to a break. We shall return shortly. And there's just about 20 minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening, so don't miss your opportunity to chat with my two industry experts in the studio, Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co and Daniel Veraschetti from Coast Road Palms. Coming up at 10am, George Manoli with the classic 60s for you. All right. Uh, And I've also got our Bigger Trees $75 gift voucher. I'll give that away quite soon as well. We're heading to Queen's Park talking about mango seedlings. Dorothy,
9: how are you? Oh, good morning. Hi. Thank you. Um, I have half a dozen mango seedlings this year and so far I've got them to about 15 centimetres tall but several of them have um, several shoots up with healthy leaves on. How do I split them off from each one seed in each pot? How do I split them up so that I only get one plant out of each seedling? What a
4: good
9: question. Each seed, sorry, each seed.
4: I don't know, to, well, be, to be honest. To be honest, um, we right
2: now wouldn't be doing it now. Yeah. Again, same thing, wintertime, avoid that sort of stuff. But yeah, I'm not too sure. Without seeing it, it's hard yeah. to Yeah,
4: are, are they multi-trunked? Like, are they are they individual plants growing or like from each seed, is it just one I know they do come out multi to... when you do the seed. They do? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. So. Yeah. So then, yeah. Oh. I would probably just, if it were me, and as you can tell, I'm no expert on mango seedlings. No, I'm not an expert either. But I would probably leave it alone for now, and then come spring, uh, I would try and either carefully separate them or else sacrifice the two weaker ones and just leave the stronger ones. So if you can definitely make sure that the root system of one of them is not disturbed and broken, and then sacrifice off the others.
9: Okay, because definitely out of each seed I'm going to end up with one plant, hopefully. Mm. Mm. Yes. Um, And uh, it's just that now they're getting bigger and they're, they're higher than what the amount of soil that's left in the container, which is not a small container. So, but yeah, I don't leave them outside, I bring them inside at night time, proper babies.
0: Oh, good on you Dorothy. Woman
4: after my own heart. If you had it protected and sheltered, and it sounds like you're really nurturing them and looking after them, you could probably pot them up, and they wouldn't be set back um, at this stage. So, if you're concerned about the lack of space, you could certainly increase the size of the pot they're in now, but definitely keep mollycoddling them and keeping them warm till through to spring. Yeah, yeah,
9: that's what it's all about—keeping them warm. Because I know if I leave them outside at night time, they'll be dead in this weather. Yes. But they will grow. To, I know they will grow to be beautiful. Fruit, uh, fruit producing trees, having some already, and given yeah. many away in the past. But I wasn't the um, architect in the beginning. This is my learning how to do it period. Awesome. Um, so, okay. Thank you for your information.
0: Good on you, Dorothy. Go well. Thank you. Bye now. Bye now. Okay. Temperatures. Jumped up to 15.4 degrees. We're heading for a maximum of 19 today and showers are forecast. It certainly rained a bit overnight, I heard it. It
2: definitely rained overnight. Yeah. yeah. It was very wet this morning. Yeah, it looks it was. beautiful now looking Does, out the window. Doesn't that look it gr- really r- stunning good. out there? Yeah. Okay. Really
0: now, guys, are we on top of our emails?
4: I think so. Uh, oh, there's one here. This is just an anecdote that is quite interesting, talking about the uh, shampoo ginger. Yeah. Somebody, uh, Elizabeth has said, here is another true story. Many years ago when visiting Bali, a young local man showed me how to make shampoo with an apple blossom hibiscus flower. Holding it upside down, he rapidly and repeatedly dunked it into a mug of water. It frothed up really well, and he said... This shampoo was the reason why Balinese women had such beautiful hair. Oh. There we go.
2: There you go. See,
4: <laughs> so it's amazing, is It's probably,
2: it? yeah, there's all sorts of properties in a lot of these plants that we call ornamentals if you know what you're doing with Absolutely. them. You know what it's, you're doing. Especially a lot of the gingers we do. Like a lot of people go, is this edible? Is that edible? I'm like, yeah, if you know what you're doing with it, you <laughs> yeah. better know what you're doing. So a lot of it we'll just sell purely as a ornamental. Yeah. But if you do know what you're doing with it, then you can do a lot with them, like in the ginger well, there's you know torch gingers which they, you know, cook with and make lusc or whatever it is out of. All those they and they all grow well here mm-hmm. as well. So there's a lot of them. We are just used to in Australia using a normal ginger, yeah, and, and that's that. You know, it's us we we really are sitting our ways. You know, need
0: to experiment more. Yeah, yeah even, reach out more. Even Stend people ourselves. using
2: galangal is like. People yeah. are not even familiar with that and yeah. that, and that actually grows extremely well here in mm. Perth like really mm. well even just as a generic garden plant it's it's a good leafy plant and you can use it and mm. if you've ever brought galangal to shops you know what it's worth so it's well worth growing yeah yeah well
0: yeah. oh, thank you okay we're talking about a native frangipani linda good morning
12: yeah good morning to you all thank you very much for your program um my i've just come back from a walk and my, I've got a huge native frangipani tree that's dropping its leaves, as it, you know, it does every year. But I've never noticed—is all these, um, and I know it's an insect. These nodules on the back of the leaves, like tiny, uh, pinky, grey nodules. And I wondered if you knew what it was.
4: Mostly scale. Yeah, a scale oh, or yeah. a psyllid, possibly, or a yeah. psyllid. yep.
12: Yeah. And is it just a seasonal? Um, like I mean, the trees, I could never uh, spray because it it's huge, but um, why is that? I've never had it before. Well,
4: Just sometimes curious. it is a seasonal thing. It, pests can move through suburbs and districts, and if the weather conditions are right, then their numbers yeah. can explode.
2: Um, S- especially right. in a drier year like yeah. this year, because we haven't had any rainfall or anything. anything no, can, can no fair enough. That's a bit yeah. deciduous type plant. at least you can, get rid of it or dump it anyway. yeah well, that's true mm. you have to
9: break up all the leaves
4: yeah yeah. yeah. I'd suggest if you can get a photo of it yeah um, I'm we, it can, too. we can probably diagnose it or you can send it into the MyPest app reporter uh, through the app yeah, department which that. is free and yeah. that's a very good thing to do anyway because it does help them track where there are new pests and issues and things in suburbs and your knowledge is then available in their database to other people so yeah. it makes yeah. us all better so yeah no that's
0: good advice
12: thank you very much
0: You're welcome thanks linda okay. all Bye-bye. right
4: let's go to
0: Sawyer's Valley karen how's it going oh. <laughs> yeah
13: good thank good. you good um look i my, my friend and I have just come back from a trip to Cairns and we just love palms. But mm. what, I, what I'm interested in is getting um, palms that um, produce something edible, like fruit, but, but, but something that you don't have to wait, like, you know, 20 years to get a date off of it or whatever. So.
2: <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> palm fruit is, is like that, unfortunately. Even the big date palm farms, are all aged, you know, nothing's young. So like yeah, right. you obviously you got Edible dates and you need to have males and females to, to do it. A real easy yeah. palm to get Edible fruit off is the beauty palm, the beauty capitata. That does extremely well. especially in the hills, very good with cold. So is the Edible Date, but the but that palm flies under the radar. You can make jams, wines, all that sort of stuff out of that, and it's a very solid palm. Any mm-hmm. of those palms are oh. silver toned are very hardy. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Is it
13: fast growing?
2: No. None of them are. That's the that's the downside, but they are cool palms. Not many people ask for them, unfortunately. But like you go to any of our yards, we've got them all. We'll chuck the beauty of seeds in the fridge over the summer. And we'll eat right. them. They they're good. They're good uh, fruit. Mm. Yeah. They can taste a bit funny if they're on drought type conditions. But if they're irrigated, they taste pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, but they're easy um, easy to grow. Just time consuming. That's probably the way of putting it.
13: But what what time are we looking at? You know, like how many years? Oh,
2: yeah, I mean, these are these are palms that take up to twenty years to, to get like productive type fruits off of. Oh, 15 right. to twenty okay. years. Yeah, um, if you baby um, them, you I, I, might be push not... them a bit, but yeah.
13: Okay. Um, and also I I have a, a a quick question for Linda. Um, I have got the most terriblest plague of aphids this year they're just really out of control. I had to cut all my um uh, kale off and I plunged it in a plunged them upside down in a bucket of water with a little bit of um soil wetter um added um just to break the the waxy coat on them and hopefully kill them but um yeah, I, I, I'm just afraid they're going to move into my other things, my broccoli and all that. And once, once you get aphids in there, you might as well throw them all away. So um, is there something I can do, you know, on like the organic? Um, so, Karen,
0: I have to go to a break. So what I'm going to do is end your call. And if on the other side of that break, Linda will answer that question for you. Can you stay listening? Yes, yes, okay. All right. Awesome. Thank, thank you very much, love. Thank you. Talk to you thank soon. You. Thank you. Yep okay. Okay, located in Swanbourne, the Beaumont warmly invites you to their winter cocktail party Friday the 16th of June, 3pm to 6pm. Cocktail party is the perfect way to experience the Beaumont, meet residents already enjoying an idyllic retirement lifestyle and tour the beautifully appointed amenities and display apartments, all whilst enjoying drinks, canopies and music from Dolce Ensembles. Phone the Beaumont to RSVP or search thebeaumont.com station sponsor. Okay, I'm going to give away a Bigger Tree gift voucher right now. Everyone that listens to the show regularly knows all about Bigger Trees, WA's leading frangi supplier and also specialising in ornamental and fruit trees. They have a massive range of plants and fabulous deliveries arriving each week. Always very, very exciting to check out their Facebook page to see what's coming in. Bigger Trees do deliver across the metro area for you and If you would like to learn more, simply go to biggertrees.com.au and uh, check out all their great online options and keep an eye on their Facebook page for... Updates and I must say, Bigger they will be closed to the public from next Monday through to the 22nd of June. So just keep that uh, awareness in case you do win this voucher and you want to hot trot it up to Bigger They will be closed from this Monday coming through to the 22nd of June, which is not very long at all. Must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Here is your question. What did the Rolling Stones tell us was too lazy to crow for day? What did the Rolling Stones tell us was too lazy to crow for day? 94841927. Okay, Linda, we were going to talk about the aphid issue on the brassica.
4: Yep. Uh, as Daniel was talking before with many pests, it comes down to the conditions being perfect. Um, I would increase airflow around the plants, which may involve sacrificing yeah. a few plants, take off a few leaves, make sure there's enough light Um, obviously hopefully the beneficials will move in once there's sufficient food there for them hosing off is still one of the better ways and most uh, user-friendly ways for getting rid of aphids Um, you can use soapy water as well uh, but that can impact beneficials strangely one of the things that I've done around broccoli in past years is put alfoil on the soil (laughs) <laughs> alfoil that is interesting and obviously you've got to be a bit careful it you don't want to stop water getting through but the light that's reflected up from underneath the plants certainly helps with aphids
0: is that right yes. well that's yes. the tip of the year yes. you can make a hat out of it too, too.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it okay and alright well let's go to Ian of Lesmerdy One, two, three. I hope I've got the right are you there Ian? Ian, are you there? No, I was answering the quiz. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I might have lost Ian, actually. I'll put you back to Bev. Okay. I may have lost Ian. He was wanting to talk about growing gingers. So, Ian, if you can give us a call back. I know it's really hard because the phone lines are busy. Can you add anything about growing gingers? I, it's hard without knowing what his question was. Well,
2: if you are going to go through the edible realm, which is obviously, this yeah. is the time of year where they start to grow deciduous and all that sort of stuff. So keeping them dry is key while they've got no foliage on them. Um, they will, after the week we've had, they will definitely start dumping their leaves now for sure. So if they start to look a bit edible ones, this, they start look a bit burnt on the ends and stuff like that. That's all part of them pulling back down into the bulb. No need to cut them back. They'll break off all on their own. That's them just going back to storage mode pretty much. As far as harvesting goes, a lot of people will... Um, you know, want to harvest them once they're down? Yeah, you can do that if you've got a big, big plant. If you're only got a small plant, I say leave it alone until it gets bigger, mm-hmm. and then once you've got a big plant, like in up to like a 300 mil pot, then you can easily break stuff off whenever you want, pretty much. Yeah, if harvesting when they're down, you don't know what's a storage bulb and what's a growth bulb, so you've got to be very careful stripping them so they're weak again for the start of spring. Obviously, if you've got something like galangal, well, if it's a big plant, you can just go for it whenever you want, it's evergreen anyway. So it's fine. Turmeric, same sort of principle. They'll mm. be all well and truly down by now. Mine have been down for months.
0: And turmeric's just taken off as a health product, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Turmeric's mm.
2: cold tolerance definitely is not as much as the normal edible. They definitely die back sooner. Come uh-huh. up, They come up about the same amount of time, mm-hmm. time, but they definitely die down a little bit sooner than the rest.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for that. And we do have a winner, George of Applecross. Congratulations. $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees will make its way to you this week. Do let us know what you get up to, what mischief you get up to at Bigger Trees. We love to, we live through our listeners. Actually, I do. Anyway, see what they do. All right. Time to wrap up. It's been a, a bit of a whirlwind morning. Thank you both so very much. We've gone from subject to subject and you've really left us with some Fabulous information for the listeners. Appreciate that very much. And a reminder to listeners, coming up in about two weeks' time, it will be Radiothon and Let's Talk Gardening. We have some fabulous prizes to give away for people who donate during the gardening show. And uh, I must say that Linda uh, from Green Life, sitting here right now, has uh, is donating $300 worth of gift vouchers on that day, which is fantastic, as is Bigger Trees. So our two favourite uh, suppliers are looking after the garden show very well. So... Yeah, put that in your diary coming up in a couple of weeks' time, Radiothon on Curtain FM. Guys, thank you so much again.
2: Appreciate. No problems at all. Switching it both. Yeah, thank you.
0: A nice weekend. Stay warm. Don't get too wet if you can help it. It's very hard when you're gardening people, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) All right, George Minoldi is next with the classic 60s. Then we go country with Brendan T. And born in boots. My gardenism for the morning is the soil is the great connector of our lives, the source and destination of all. Thanks for your company, everybody. Take care and happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.